Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you're seeking for ways to uncover and discover who you are, I highly recommend you take the do something list training we have for you for free at aboutprogress.com DSL. I'm going to start this episode by doing something I've never done before on the podcast and begin with a poem that I read and I thought of all of you. The poem's name is Feel Like. I feel like a bird who has just learned that she has wings, who has barely grasped the fact that she is not limited to the ground, but has more space to expand than she knew. I feel like a dam where the walls have crumbled to the ground and the water finally has permission to go wherever it wants to. I feel like a waterfall after winter, no longer frozen, but free and flowing, effortless in its ability to simply do what it was made to do. I feel like a sunset, 
anxiously waiting for its turn to paint the sky, to splash colors across the horizon in whatever way it desires to show the world, look at what I was made to do, make beautiful things on purpose and look who I was made to be, be a beautiful thing on purpose. When I read this poem, I thought of you because this is so much of the work that we have done together. It's uncovering of who we are. And it started with my own process of working on that myself. And this poem comes from a book called The Unfolding. It's written by Ariel Astoria. It's a compilation of uh, essays, I would say, that are memoir in style and meditations and poems. We've had Ariel on the podcast in the past. And when I read this book, I bought it myself and I read it. I thought we need to have her on right away. In the book, she talks about how to come home to yourself through different phases that you have to walk through. But the first is the awakening phase. And this is where you awaken to this part of yourself that is waiting to unfold. And in this phase, there's equal parts excitement and mystery and fear and trepidation. That's why I asked Ariel to be on the show to talk about what if you feel like you're beginning to uncover who you really are, but it's scary. She's going to answer that for you today and not just because she knows this, but also because she's lived it. Ariel is a poet, author, and actor. In addition to her custom spoken word pieces, workshops, and speaking as a keynote speaker, she is the co-author of two self-published collections of poetry. One is called Vagabonds and Zealots, and the other is called Write Bloody, Spill Pretty. Her latest book, The Unfolding, is an invitation to come home to yourself, and you can find it wherever books are available. Ariel Astoria, welcome back to About Progress. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to have you here. I am such a fan of your work, but also just you as a human and to be able to see how much you have grown in the last few years since we last talked Mm -hmm. is so inspiring to me because I didn't even think you needed to. So it's like, hey, we can all keep spiraling up. If Ariel's doing it, we can too. I'm like, we all kind of probably need to. So yes. You're right. Especially the last few years taught us we all need to grow up a little bit. Most definitely. Yeah. And your your kind of way of framing this for yourself was an unfolding. And we wrote a book recently of the same name, The Unfolding. And we're going to be borrowing from this book because yeah. it's something I feel like the pressure cooker of the last few years for all the women who are listening, we can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop running away from it. And mm-hmm. part of that is changing in a way where we are unfolding into who we are meant to be instead yeah. of trying to keep shape-shifting into the shapes we're supposed to be in. So I would like to start with what your definition is of unfolding and what it means to you and how it's looked for you in your life. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I give a lot of the credit of the unfolding to probably a lot of my plans. You know, in COVID, we all kind of picked up our own different hobbies and different things that we did. One of mine was collecting plants. So we're going on like, 40, 50, I don't know, I'm starting to lose seeing, but there's lots of them and they're all around me. We'll grab this one right here. So I know that most of you won't be able to see this, but if you have a plant either around you or if you have one next to you or just have an image of a plant in your mind. And when you think about 
the idea of a plant usually starts in this budded space. So this really closed in mm-hmm. until it starts to bloom. But we don't talk about how when we bloom, what we're actually doing is some petals are, are peeling away and dying away mm-hmm. in order for the blooming to happen. So, so much of my unfolding was being this little bud of a human. And this is actually a fun one because this this plant has a new leaf. And so Ooh, it's yeah. like you see this little budded leaf that is not full and blooming as the other ones, but there's still a core to an existence in that little budded leaf. Mm. And as it continues to find the light, as it continues to find its rooting and its grounding, it starts to unfold, literally. And so much of it for me was feeling like I was this budded core of a person. And yet I was shedding these layers and peeling back these personalities, these not even personalities, but more so mindsets, perspectives, ideologies, you know, conditioning on what I think I need to be and who I think I am supposed to show up as this world and just releasing all of those, shedding all of those and peeling back in and, and, and finding myself, finding this like fullest version of Ariel, Astoria, Wilbur and Corfi that exists today and right now. And so that that was the conversation around the unfolding, that we would allow ourselves the permission to peel back, to shed what doesn't serve, and and to become the fullest versions of ourselves. I love that image. It's yeah. so helpful. I mean, I often think about yeah. it as the butterfly breaking from the cocoon, too. I love that. No matter what, it there's some element of pain there mm-hmm. that we we kind of like to avoid Absolutely. until sometimes we're kind of pushed into it. And for mm-hmm. you, you kind of got a push. Share a little bit of your story there of what the push yeah. was for you as you leaned into this unfolding and then the awakening part that we're going to talk about in particular. Yeah. So what you find in the book is just a few ripples, if you will. I called them like these little tiny ripples. And this accumulation of the unfolding was the wave. The book that you see is the wave. It was, mm-hmm. It's not the ripple. I think there, there are so many stories that I could have put into this to lead up to the point, but because I was like living in one of the most pivotal ones I wrote from that experience, but there's been so many different elements in my story and, and so much of it for me, the biggest part of my unfolding and undoing was, you know, really expanding my ideas of faith and spirituality in terms of how I grew up and in really figuring out like what that looks like, what that feels like, what that means for me, like who is God? to me and how does God speak to me and not how am I spoken to or spoken through from other people and really having to find that that grounding and that surrounding and and I I know like I think I actually said this a few days ago I was like I guess in my in my insecure mind the perspective from the book is that the unfolding the changing all that beautiful things occurred because of my husband but I someone actually told me like no I don't I didn't see it that way at all and I was like good because that's not the case he yeah. was the safe space for it. He was the permission to be it. People were like, how did you know this was your person? And I was like, he woke something up in me that I didn't, mm-hmm. that I knew was sleeping, but I didn't fully realize the extent of it until, until mm-hmm. we met. And it was very kismet and very instant. And then that started to give me space for the questions I had about this this idea of the table of God and divinity and it being so small and why is it so small and what if it's actually bigger than we think and 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 how do I have a faith and a spirituality that includes my body, my blackness, my femininity, my friend's sexuality and their queerness? Like how do we make room for for all these different nuances of what makes us human? 
and how we continue to unfold and what that looks like. And so for me, it was like being the oldest child, being the first to get married and kind of breaking a lot of those boundaries and kind of breaking a lot of those generational just ideologies about family units and enmeshment and all that fun stuff. And then it was getting into the place of just like, I think the table is so much bigger. I think the story is so much bigger than we've been, you know, to believe, especially as women. And I just want to see and explore if if that's true, you know, if the reality of that is real and tangible. And that's, that was my exploration of the unfolding. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Like I, I sense the courage that required mm-hmm. for me was immense and also oh, happened goodness, yeah. in phases. Like it wasn't like, Absolutely. I'm just going to barrel through this. I'm going to figure it out. And 100% not. everyone else can just come <laughs> along for the ride or step off. Like there was a lot of give and take and, and pull inner turmoil. I mean, I connected to so much of your story, even though our lives are, are fairly different, but mm-hmm. so much of what you shared, the heart of it, I've experienced. Mm. almost like word for word in many ways. And I think a lot of women are going to have that experience. But where I want to focus our time, the rest of our time together today is this initial phase that you detail in the unfolding. And you talk about several Mm -hmm. phases that we need to go through to get to that final unfolding. But the first to me is the one that I could see the women in my community sensing happening deep inside them Mm -hmm. and also trying to avoid because Mm -hmm. it's scary. Mm-hmm. And you you talked about how your husband woke something up inside of you. Mm-hmm. And for, for many of us, that can be a podcast we listen to that just kind of spurs this idea or like an mm-hmm. interaction with someone we really trusted that like makes us think a little differently about our mm-hmm. whole past history or like a shift in identity. There's a lot of different sparks. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what those are for the women, let's talk about the awakening yeah. and them recognizing that gap. Why do you think they avoid this phase of just, they just want to be like, nope, I'm going to avoid mm-hmm. it. I feel the mm-hmm. spark. I feel the call. I feel like something's mm-hmm. waking up and I'm just going to tap it down. Why do we do mm-hmm. that? I think it's so, well, there's a lot of layers to it, especially as women. We are not given the permission, but we are given the condition mm-hmm. to not think about ourselves. Our our desires, our wants, our needs in a lot of ways are not made to be a priority we're not raised for it to be a priority. We're instantly from the beginning conditioned to like, especially for oldest children, make sure your sibling's okay. You know, like watch out for your sibling. Yeah. Watch out for your, or we just like naturally do that for our parents. You know, for whatever parental figure is in our life, we have this natural innate way of protecting. And then that natural innate way of protecting and guiding is then conditioned even further into being ignore yourself, make yourself small. Yeah. And so when we start to get these inklings, when we start to get, then we assume that they're selfish. Then we assume that they're not for the greater good, even though I think a lot of things that women have their hands in create ripples, not just for ourselves, but for the world around us. And we don't realize that us taking care of ourselves, that us following our heart inklings is not just for ourselves. That's for 
the home we're trying to build. That's for the people we're trying to be. That's for the the children we're trying to raise. That's for the relationships we're trying to sustain. And in and, and that same way, it's kind of like twofold. It's like, yeah, so much of who we are is for the greater good of other people. And yet, while in that, it starts with choosing ourselves. It starts with prioritizing ourselves. It starts with listening to ourselves and listening to our bodies. And there's also this level of, of safety and familiarity that comes from like, I hear this thing roaring and humming inside of me. Mm-hmm. I feel it very tangibly, but I don't know where it's taking me. I don't know where it's going. And I know this right here. I know this familiarity. I know this safety net. I don't I don't know where that's going to take me. So there's risk. Yeah. And again, it's not just risk for ourselves a lot of times, but it's risk for uh, that involves other people and other relationships and other situations. So there's so much at play. And yet the biggest risk is not following it. The biggest risk is not listening to it because you genuinely don't know what's on the other side of I don't know. On the other side of I don't know could be freedom could be healing, could be generational chain breaking, could be transformative stuff. And it's just on the other side of, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. on the other side of, I'm, I'm afraid. And there's, there's this other like author and speaker in a podcast who I just love. And he's so good at like talking about like, okay, acknowledge the fear, acknowledge it, be like, and, and treat it almost as this like fear is like this child that you kind of have to coddle. Like, you're right. That is kind of scary. Who knows? You know, like, or, or right. Yeah, we could fail. Would that be something? You know, like, acknowledge the fear. Don't ignore it. Don't suppress it. Acknowledge it. Be like, I hear you fear. And I'm going to, I'm going to go and do it. You know, like, because nothing we do is really without the absence of it. And I'm a huge believer, like, as someone who performs, as someone who gets nervous quite a lot, it's like, use that. funnel that you know and so I think a lot of times it's like we feel those inklings we have those callings and we don't pursue them because what we were afraid and then we just live a whole different life that doesn't equate to our fullness and to our wholeness just because we were afraid just because we didn't know and you won't know until you try it you won't know until you go Much more after a quick break for our sponsors. Speaking of unfolding, back in 2020, I had a huge idea to form a community outside of the podcast where women could come together and feel known and seen like they found their people. We called it the Strive Hive and it was a wonderful group and we did it for two, almost three years. But then with the birth of my child, I knew it was time to hit pause to this amazing community. And right now, this very day, I am ready to share with you that coming up this fall, we are going to be opening up a community for the women who listen to this show. It may or may not be called the Strive Hive anymore, but it's going to be what we had, the roots of what was so good there, but greatly improved and also made more doable both in price and what 
you need to do to participate in the group. I can't wait to share way more with you coming up this early fall. You can be first on the wait list by going to aboutprogress.com slash finding me academy. And the reason why we're doing it under that is that's going to be my new like umbrella housing all the things that I do finding me academy, but the group will be of a different name. So again, get on the wait list at aboutprogress.com slash finding me academy. I was hoping you would be up to reading a few poems for us. And I wanted to pull one up to me that really speaks to the fear piece. Mm -hmm. So loaded, the fears. It's Shapeshifter on page 42 of your book, if you don't mind reading that for us. I'm so excited. When your voice begins to shift, do not be afraid in which way it moves. Do not be alarmed at the way it dives deeper into a core you did not know existed. Do not be alarmed how it wakes up, shakes up the depth of you, how it allows you to find God even still in all the mess, in all the questions. How could we ever assume that God was not God amidst the mess, the soul deep with us and the questions as if my God was afraid to get her hands a little dirty does not meet me in the wandering what? If who you are and who you were are competing for the whole of you, you cannot live on a balance beam of being two humans. You are allowed to change and grow as time allows. You have permission to be who you want to be and all the shapes in which you will become. May you learn to embrace the rhythm of change. May you learn to shift with it. Sometimes the shifting feels like the breaking. But love, breathe deeply. This is the shaping. When we're speaking to fear, I feel like from both your story and my experience and how they parallel together, I could identify that fear comes up, you know, in many ways. And like we said, it's very layered. Mm -hmm. But to me, the three big categories were fear of change in general, Mm -hmm. just how painful that can be and scary, unknown, Mm -hmm. right? But that fear of uncertainty like leaving the certainty behind and then the fear of disappointing other people and then being along for the ride. Mm -hmm. I know that's me just shoving the fear in our face and yeah, there's a lot there. Of those three, what is one that you're like, let's talk about this one because I see it coming up with, it's like in such both proximity with every woman I talk to, but also Mm -hmm. in intensity that Let's talk about this fear. Mm. Probably all of them. I I mean, (laughs) definitely all of them. I had attended a International Women's Day for women at Google. And Mm -hmm. and the women who attended were women who work for NASA, who work for not just Pinterest and Facebook, but for the back-end analytics science of these platforms and of these things. So in this room with brilliant, brilliant women, and my job was to be there as a poet. I was hired because I had met the woman at a retreat and I processed the retreat through a poem. And she was like, can you come do that at International Women's Day? And I was like, sure. So I, I went to the event. I, I talked to women. I went to different conferences, different, I mean, different part of the conference, different part of the event. And then by three o'clock that day, I had to have a poem written for what I experienced. Wow. And one of the last exercises they did was they had this postcard 
that said, I am remarkable on it. And they had to write down why they thought they were remarkable. And I watched these brilliant women not be able to write things down and to hear these women talk about the tables that they exist in and not be able to feel like they were worthy enough to sit at them. And here I am. I'm like, my name tag says poet. Everyone else's name tag says like, you know, data analytics, NASA. <laughs> I'm just like, what do you mean you don't think you're worthy? Like, I'm here having this internal crisis sitting in this room with all of you. What do you mean you don't think you're worthy? And so I think that's that thing that the fear that hinders us the most. It's, it's feeling that fear of like, yes, I don't know what's on the other side of that. But also when I get on the other side of that, am I enough to experience it, to, to, to have it, to call it mine, to sit at that table and know who I am confidently? And the answer is yes. I think every single time it's like I hear women who are like, oh, well, I'm not creative or, or I don't really do that or I'm not this or I'm not that. And it always comes down to like, we tell people they're worthy And we have to get people to actually to know it, to feel it in their bodies, to feel it in their bones. And and that's something that I've always been so adamant about because I've just watched so many women exist in their smallest form of themselves. And it does nobody justice. It does nobody a favor. And, And so I think the biggest fear that we really, truly have to overcome is that the tables we sit at, that the doors that open are not for us and that they're that that they're not meant for us and that we're not worthy enough to sit at them. But that would not be true. That door opened for a reason. That seat has your name on it for a reason. That opportunity is yours and was given to you for a reason. That in itself is proof that you are worth it, that you are more than qualified and capable. It's about knowing it. It's about feeling it in your spine and using that to walk you through those doors. I'm thinking The Wild Within would be another great read to pair share yes. on page 46. And let me just say preemptively, I think the reason why is because what you're describing is sometimes when we're, not sometimes, I think every woman who experiences an awakening of sorts realizes that there's parts of herself that she hasn't uncovered yet or that she has pushed down or repressed somehow inside of her. And in order to find that seat at the table, they need to go in and find those parts and bring them up to the surface. Uh They need to lean into them. And that can be scary. So if you will, the wild within, this is our answer to that, I think, or your answer. Yeah. Do not be afraid of your wild because if it were not for the untamed parts of us, we would never know really what it means to be free. Only know beauty as something to be caged, poked at, and perfected and not seamless and already part of your existence. Do not be afraid of your wild, of the stallion that lives inside of you, of the parts of you that do not fit within society's perspective of acceptable. Do not hush your wild. Do not tell her that she does not belong, because one day, while everyone scrambles to find who they are again, she will bring you back to the song of your truth, to the wild in your step and the rhythm of your heart that only your soul knows the beat to. 
She will be the one to whisper, keep dancing, even when no one else hears the music. I know a lot of women long for that inner voice to like really be able to hear that in themselves and answer it better. And I like how this poem calls it the song of your, of your truth. Mm. Song of your truth. Wow. Mm. When you were figuring that for yourself, when you were trying to bring up that song of your truth yeah. and, and honor it better, can we just talk about the mess of that a little bit? Because Gosh, you know, yeah. when you follow someone else's story and it's told, we can do it in a way that's really helpful and really real. Mm. By the way, I think you did what I'm about to ask you to do on the on the podcast <laughs> and the book. So just so people know, but a lot of mm -hmm. times people skip over like that. I didn't know where I was going with this or I had mm -hmm. a lot of turmoil inside. I, I questioned myself. I wasn't sure. I got confused. What did that look like for you to come to that song of your truth, the yeah. messy side? There's another poem in there and I don't know, I don't know where it is, but it, it's it says they can say all they want, they can shout all their fears, they can do doubts in a pool of uncertainty. But good thing I know who I am. Mm. That was actually that's actually a song, oh, and it's a song that I I had to sing to myself. Yeah, while I was hearing so many other voices, and I could not hear my own. That was something I had to. That was my song. That was literally the song of the truth. <laughs> it's like yeah. what I was referring to is is this that that song of like they can say all they want they can shout all their fears they can throw doubts in a pool of uncertainty but good thing i know who i am good thing i know who i am good thing i know who i am literally telling ourselves like i know myself and oftentimes we're made to be like, you're crazy, you're different, you don't know, but you 100% know. I think the intuition of a woman, the intuition of a female identifying person is probably one of the most powerful forces. Yeah. And of course, we're conditioned to not trust it. Of course, we're made to believe that we can't use that as a guide and as a knowing. Because we 100% can. And when we do, it's powerful. When we do, it's transformational. And again, not just for ourselves, but for the world around us. But first, it starts here. It starts with hand on chest. I know who I am. I can trust myself. And, and I had to tell myself that so many times. And all these interventions I was having and being told, you know, all these things of like, you're not this anymore, or you're not, you're far from here, you're doing this. I had to come back to that. Good thing I know who I am. Yeah. A big part of the mess, I think, too, is just those outside voices that counteract that song of truth inside you. And that phrase of people being like, you've changed. Mm -hmm. And the way they say it, it just cuts to the heart, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit, about your experience with that and also like what you advise women to do through that? Oh my gosh, this is a fun one because in, that, in, in the last few months of writing this and this coming out, I've had so many moments where people have talked about this. One of them being Dr. Nedra Tawab. I actually like have her book next to me. She has Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And I think her first book was just called Boundaries. 
And it's in a really cool experience of like seeing a black woman talk about boundaries because yeah. within our within just minority culture is just like boundary. What are you talking about? There's no such thing as boundaries, but there is. And so really having to like refigure that. But she talked about at her book launch, you know, when people are like, you changed. And her response being like, I know. <laughs> and what if we just left that? I know. Thanks for noticing. I know. Isn't that great? Oh, I'm so glad I'm not bound to the chains that I was bound to before. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. And it's just so hard. And it's that's only coming up because when they're saying you're changed, what they're saying is you're less accessible to me. What they're saying is you're not familiar to me, but that doesn't mean we're not familiar to ourselves. And that doesn't mean we're not accessible to ourselves and the things that we value and the things that are important to us. So when we're hearing you're, you've changed, let that just be a statement. Let yeah. that not be a derogatory thing. Let that not be a, a thing to stray you otherwise. But it'd be like, oh, thank you. Thanks mm-hmm. for noticing. Janelle Monet has a song called Float. And she says, I went up and gotten and changed. No, I'm not the same. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not the same. And I don't know why we why that initial response is to be like, no, I'm, I am the same. Why do we need to defend that? We're not. We're, we're 100% not. And I think I fell into a lot of that at the beginning of my unfolding, trying to convince those around me. I'm still me. And I, and I genuinely do feel like I'm, I am still. I'm still fully Ariel. I still care just as much as I care. I still overextend. I still people please. I still do all those things. But I'm also learning boundaries. But I'm also learning expansiveness. But I'm also learning how to take care of myself better. But I'm also learning I can say the word no. <laughs> but I'm still I'm still me. But yeah, I have changed a little. Thanks for noticing. And what if we just left with that? That's a big shift, isn't it? Because I would do the defensive route too. Like, I'm still the same person. I'm still the same person. Like, and who does that serve? Hmm. Being the same person. And, and in the same breath too. Like, I like that you're like, there's parts of me that are still the same. Uh, mm-hmm. We're always there. So it's not like we have to just start over. We have no. to leave it all behind. The past just has to be washed clean uh-huh. from the slate. It's not that. It's, again, it's an awakening to the parts of yourself that have been yeah. in there and waiting to come. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, if we think back to that bud, I do think there's a core to uh, to who we are. I do think there's a core that exists always. I think that core might be the little, the little girls in us, the little people in us who still have these hopes and desires and dreams and things we want in life. I think that core still exists. And then and again, we start shedding some other things around it. But I do think there is a core of, of who we are that does stay consistent mm-hmm. while so much of our exterior does evolve and mm-hmm. does change. And our interior too, I don't think we can operate. Can you imagine if we operated in our 20 plus 30, 40, however old we are bodies? In the same way we operated in our 17 or 18 year old bodies. Mm. Like if we really think about that, that's not sustainable. That's not, yeah. you can't function as an adult, as a 17 year old, because you're not 
an adult, you know? Mm-hmm. And so why would we not have that same permission and same grace for as we continue to get older and we start to shed some spaces and some places and some people that we need to and, and such is life. And what a beautiful and messy and glorious thing. This has given me definitely the push to keep re-examining that core of myself and and what I need to shed, both to get back to that core, but also to expand what's there mm. and just waiting to blossom in mm-hmm. ways that I've been afraid of. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to to lean in and, and to nurse that part of myself and let the other things fall away. Oh. Your story, your your book, your poetry has really done that for me. So thank you. Thank you. I have one final question for you and then one final poem I would like you to read, if that's okay. Yeah. We are a community that can get easily overwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. we always end with what is one small way we can work on the things we've discussed today? Mm. What do you think that could be for the women who are listening? Mm. I think it's a daily practice, a daily practice of coming home to ourselves, a daily practice of of understanding and knowing ourselves, a daily practice of getting out of our own heads, getting into our bodies, whatever mm-hmm. that means and whatever that looks like, a daily practice of setting boundaries, a daily practice of putting in the work that we're trying to put in and and become. And, and uh, you know, there's like that, that trendy Pinterest quote from years ago that was like, you know, do something today that you're that your future self will thank you for. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, you know? What if we think about how we're operating today is not for the person we are today. That's for the person we're trying to be. Um, so what attitudes, what mindsets, what practices can we start putting into habit to become those people? And give yourself time for that. So keep putting in that investment, keep putting in that work, Make it a daily habit to meet the version of yourself that exists in every moment and be kind to them. Yeah. And I know from you, just by watching you and and what you do, I feel like for you, that's a lot of yoga, poetry, creativity. Creativity, a lot of yoga, a lot of being on the beach, a lot of being outside with my husband, a lot of really trying to like unplug when I can because I'm such a sponge of a human. Yeah. But I think moving my body has been a huge, a huge, huge one for me. Physically being in my body is something that I is a daily practice for me. Yeah. Ariel, before we have you share this final poem, I want to end on like your like words resonating through our bodies. So let's tell them where they should go if they are like, hey, I want to I want to be in her community. Hmm. You can go to Instagram. Yeah. You can find me there. I respond to my DMs. And I know that's very weird for people, but I I think I will do that forever. It's still me. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't set out to be a brand or a page. I'm a person. So find me on there. I will respond. Yeah. If the book is resonating with you, there's an audiobook and a physical book. And then on Spotify and iTunes, you can find some other poems from past experiences, but also I'm working on a spoken word album for the unfolding as well. So it'll be called The Art of the Unfolding, and it'll be this continuation conversation. And so I'm really excited to put out, to put those out. So look forward to those on on Spotify and iTunes. Okay. Do you have any idea when we should look for The Art of 
the unfolding. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year is like the goal. Awesome. I should actually, can, my producer and I are chatting today. He's awesome. So hopefully a lot of it is already recorded and things like that. And so, Exciting. yeah, hopefully by the end of the year that comes out. Yeah. Okay. I'll look for that and I'll make sure to celebrate. Awesome. That. Thank you. So let's end with the poem Undone. That's mm-hmm. on page 110. Transformation is not always loud. Sometimes it approaches quietly, beckons you to return to where you once were, reflecting every step on the way back, that you are not the same as when you first left. Sometimes transformation quietly erupts inside of you. Sometimes it unfolds like lava, slow and thick from the inside out. Sometimes change doesn't always appear visible to the human eye. It can be subtle, a slow unraveling of a blossom at the first sight of sunshine, the hint of moisture from the morning dew on the edge of a new leaf. It is when you notice the change, the transformation, the process begins, the realization of, oh my, I am not who I once was. Something has changed me. I am undone in the best way. Rejoicing begins and declaration takes shape on our tongues. I am not who I once was. Something has changed me. I am undone. It's been a gift to have you here. Thank you for being Thanks. so generous with your time, but also your your talents and the, the, the talents that have been hard earned, I would say, and hard worked at. That's it. Just thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'll now share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to, and those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, we are each a budded core, ready to unfold into a beautiful blossom. This entails peeling back layers and shedding parts that don't match that core. Number two, the first phase of this unfolding is the awakening, where you feel a spark, a draw to rediscover who you are. This can feel risky to lean into, but it's riskier not to. Number three, to do this, you must start by anchoring in the truth that you are worthy, qualified, and capable of what is coming after the awakening. Number four, this is a messy process. Lean into trusting yourself and knowing that there is truth inside you. And number five, change is a good thing. And yet there has always been a core inside of you that stays and will stay consistent. The do something challenge for this week is to create a daily practice that brings you back to that core. If you're trying to figure out what that could be, like what is something that makes me feel like me and you're really lost in that, that's where I invite you to create a do something list. We have a free training for that at aboutprogress.com DSL. It will help you uncover and discover that very core. What makes you feel like you? I'm so glad that you've been listening. And if this episode makes you think of someone in particular in your life, shoot them a text and tell them about this episode. And if you want to do a step further to really support the show, make sure you leave a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. I'm so glad you listened. Now go and do something with what you learned today.
I've never done this before on the podcast, but I'm going to start this episode by sharing a poem. The poem is... Number one, we are all butted. We are all butted core ready to unfold. That doesn't make sense. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.